This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Thursday night. You know what that means. Another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast is kicking off. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host, Paul Zartman. Paul, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing pretty good. Got some new equipment. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. So it's a better setup than sitting there with a laptop on my lap every week. <laughs> well, it looks good and sounds good from my end. So uh, off to a good start. Good to hear. Uh, we're going to be recapping uh, episode 248 of Being the Elite along with another action-packed episode of uh, AEW Dynamite from last night. Thanks to everybody if you're joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. If you haven't subscribed or liked those pages, and if you're listening on an audio platform, please do that. And if you're listening on an audio platform, please hit subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, before we do dive into it, Paul, I did think of one thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, AEW Talent today became officially All Elite. Yes. Uh, Red Velvet is officially All Elite as of today. It's nice that she's finally gotten the chance to become All Elite. Uh, she's been doing good things in my opinion so far and i look forward to seeing what she can bring in the future yeah tony tony Khan teased it in the post scrum after revolution that a full-time contract was coming soon i think she was on a paid per appearance contract probably yeah um, she definitely deserves it i mean she proved it during that uh the kickoff and dynamite a few weeks ago with her and cody versus Shaq and jade uh, she proved in that match that she's worthy of a full-time contract so Excited to see her be a pivotal part of the women's division going forward. Oh, yeah, and I think she's absolutely going to be. I mean, she's still a young talent. She's still training um, to really get her groove. I mean, she's going to make mistakes from time to time, which sadly people are going to call her out on. But, um, you know, stick with it. She'll do great. Yep. Yep. Um, now I'm excited to see part two of her uh, feud with Jade Cargill. I think uh, I don't think we're done there yet by any means. No, it, it's coming sooner rather than later. I got a feeling. Well, let's get into this week's Being the Elite. Uh, came out Monday, of course, early Monday afternoon, I believe, maybe maybe or late morning, um, like it does every week. Episode 248 titled Better Off Without Me. And we kick it off this week. We see Matt Jackson at home wearing a suit. Uh, he's closing his laptop, and he says it was a tough day on the stock market. That that made me chuckle a little bit. Uh, he then thinks about Don Callis saying he wants to see the Young Bucks of New Japan Wrestling when they destroyed the competition, how Kenny Omega doesn't think much of them now. Uh, we cut back to Matt saying that they are the same guys as before. Matt then talks about dinner with with his wife on the phone. He runs down all of the expensive stuff they need, steak, lobster, etc. Matt then hangs up the phone and realizes maybe he has changed a lot. Yeah, um, I I laugh too because ironically, I just started dealing with stocks not too long ago myself. So, oh, did you? Yeah, um, I'm trying out Robin Hood before I go big time. But uh, uh, so seeing him doing that made me chuckle because even I've been sitting there and I'll look at it <laughs> and go, "Man, that was tough day." <laughs> up and down, up and down. It's the world of stocks. Yep. Yep. We then uh, go to the Dark Order hangout, and the group's talking about uh, wanting to recruit someone in the stable. Uh, some of the group really want Maki Ito in the group. 
John Silver he- he- heads over and asks her if she wants to join them. She tells them to take their piece of paper asking if she'll join them and tells them that F themselves and she's going back to Japan. Yeah, um, <laughs> I got to I gotta say, can we just take a moment here to pause to notice how dedicated Stu was to Anna and the fact that he does not want any other female in there? I mean, he yep. never said it, but he just, you know, you could tell from his facial expressions, he does not want anybody else in there. He, he's got the crush on her. We, we've seen yeah. it hinted on, on past episodes. So, yep. Um, excited. Maybe, maybe when she comes back, you know, six months, whatever her recovery is going to be, uh, maybe, maybe we'll get the payoff from that. Yeah. I think it'll be nice to see, um, you know, I'll talk about more uh, Anna J stuff coming up because we saw some references to her throughout uh, Dynamite. Uh, we then get the Good Brothers back this week, and like every week, it's their kind of crude humor. Um, Carl Anderson's getting mad at Gallows for uh, losing last week, and he, and he blames him for the loss. He said he's always tired because of the physical physical activity he does outside the ring. And uh, basically, to keep it PG, uh, Carl told Doc there's no doing that physical activity for an entire week. And if he doesn't do that, if he doesn't fall through with that promise, the Good Brothers are breaking up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what can you say about yeah. that segment? Yeah, keeping it PG, there's not – or even PG-13, there's not too much to say about that segment without right. you know, crossing those those borders. So yeah. we then see Matt Seidel telling uh, his brother he can't find his ring jacket, but they're up next for the match. Then we see uh, Ryzen uh, – pop up and ask them if they lost something of interest and ask them to visit the, the church merch. Uh, Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose are there. They end up selling the jacket back to him. They want $400. His mu- music is starting to play, so he pays them and takes the jacket. He mistakenly leaves behind his fanny pack, and they steal that from him. That was a fun little segment. I'm still waiting for this church merch to play the merch freak music in the background. Um mm. That's really the only thing missing. I keep waiting for it, but it's not there yet. So not maybe, yet. Maybe one day we'll hear a Merch Freak reference again. It looks like it's going to be a bit that sticks around week to week, though. Yeah. Yep. We didn't get a backstage clip of Brandon Cutler getting ready for his entrance. I mean, every week right. it's Cutler or the Young Bucks, uh, whether it's in their in-ring in or uh, getting ready to go into the arena or whatever it may be. So uh, we then see Heyman Page show up and uh, say he heard the good news about John Silver getting a shot at the AW TNT Championship on Dynamite. Uh, they asked Silver what he's been doing to train. Then we see a montage of Silver training for his match while the group scenes in the background. Yeah. Uh, and it took me way too long to realize that they were singing Darby's theme song. Yeah, yeah, they were they were trying they were trying to make their own, uh, you know, cinematic little clip like Darby makes, and it was not even close to the level that Darby makes. But uh, no, it, it was funny the wordplay they used for their own lyrics to his theme. So yeah, yeah, like I said, it took me way too long. I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and the segment was almost over by the time I realized it. I'm I'm mad at myself for that. You should have caught it right when they did the body bag. I should have. Part. I should have, but it took me some time yeah. to realize that that was the theme song. The Dark Order is always the best part of um, yeah. of being the elite every week. Then we get the last clip of the show. It's a short show this week, only about 12 minutes long. We get a clip showing a Don Callis running down the Young Bucks on last week's Dynamite. Matt and Nick walk off. Uh, Matt then bumps into Matt Hardy. Hardy asks him if he's okay Then says Don has really been playing them because they're so gullible. Hardy then mentions the time when Paige sent them a text message and Matt thought they were no longer friends. Matt asked Hardy how he knew about that. Then we flash back to Tipsy Paige leaving his phone in the parking lot. Remember, he was smashing the pumpkins with, yep. with Cutler. Cutler. Uh, then shows uh, Hardy actually sending a text message, which I'm glad they went back to that because I had forgotten about that. I didn't. I did until the moment he said I sent that message mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, now I remember that segment. There's so many little bits, and, and even on Dynamite, they do this a lot, long-term storytelling, which they wait so long to pay it off, you kind of forget about it, and then they tie it in real nicely. It's like, wow, that's impressive how, that, impressive how they've planned that out so long. Yeah, and then you realize it really wasn't all that long ago. 
Correct. Yeah. Uh, Matt says, uh, Matt Hardy says that's when he originally wanted to get Hangman Page away from the elite so he could manipulate him and make him some money. Uh, Matt Jackson then walks off as the clips are played from previous episodes. He's got that, you know, sad music that that music, whatever they start playing that, you know, it's, it's going to be some kind of emotional. Yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to hit, get you in the heart, right in the heart. Um, so we see all these old clips. Uh, then Matt's going to find hangman pretty much in the dark orders layer. And we see hangman, um, or the clips, I should say, say that like Heyman saying he's the least successful member of the elite, can't be in the group anymore. We see Matt throwing the drink in Heyman's face. Heyman getting kicked out of the group. So Matt goes to try to find him, and he sees him having fun with the Dark Order and watches for a moment, and then rather than going in, he closes the door and walks off. Yeah, which, uh, again, was one of the clips that they brought up was uh, when the Young Bucks won the titles and they were celebrating with Kenny and he went in to join them because he had lost that night. Uh, he went in to join them and saw they were having so much fun and just walked away. I'm really interested to see where this is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the elite reform. Yeah. I uh, Slowly but surely. Um, I don't know. It's interesting because for a long time, you know, I thought, and he still is kind of with the Dark Order, even though he's not – uh, a member of the Dark Order. So, you know, I still, I mean, is he going to be the one to eventually overcome Kenny Omega? I, I don't, I think that's the direction they're going, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Did you see that uh, Hangman has a new t shirt out? That is a cool t shirt. Yeah. I got friends in dark places. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a cool it says one. Says he's Dark Order without saying, I'm in the Dark Order. You know, I, and like you, I'm always looking to get some new shirts. Um, I just want some that aren't black. That's why I'm wearing this FTR one tonight. It's yellow. That's why I got this one. It originally came out. I'm like, that's a cool looking shirt. And it's not black. I mean, I have on top of being a Purdue university fan, I have a lot of black shirts, whether it's wrestling related, Purdue related, whatever it may be. I'm like, I just want a different color once in a while. Yeah. Um, I think all of them I have, but one are black. And that was the, uh, young Bucks super kick party one that came out on like a baby blue t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I know which one. Yeah, yeah the Bucks seem to be the only wrestlers really that consistently have different color variations of T-shirts in AEW. Mostly everybody else is black for the most part, but black's the cheapest color to make a T-shirt on. So yes, cheaper yeah. than white. So yeah, and they're trying to keep the cost somewhat affordable for us. Sure, Pro Wrestling Tees does a great job. So oh, absolutely. So I can't can't complain too much. Uh, well, let's get right into last night's Dynamite. Uh, kicked off the episode with we saw AEW World Champion Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel. It was a non-title match. However, if Seidel got the win, he'd receive a future title shot. Um, I got to be honest. This this match was a lot better than I expected. Seidel got a lot more offense in than I expected. Um, I know Seidel is very talented, but I was surprised how much offense they gave him just because in the way they've built him so far since he joined the company. Yeah, you know, I figured this would be a five-minute match. It'd be over, and it'd be all Kenny Omega and maybe a minute or two of Matt. And then when Matt started hitting offense left and right, I was I was rather excited. I said, okay, maybe he does pull this off against Kenny somehow. Well, but, one thing I really enjoyed right before the match started was Kenny looking at the camera and complaining how he was on first. First yeah. match of the night. I thought that was perfect. Keeps it within his heel character. I like that little touch. Yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying Kenny Omega as a heel. I gotta say, he cut a heck of a him and Callis cut a heck of a promo on Impact the other night. Wow, yeah. it was. Uh, even though Impact got its lowest rating of the year the other night, I uh, just don't think anything's going to help that show. But yeah. pretty much, he's going after all the all the titles, and he even called out a, a Bushi, which I think we're going to get that sometime. I don't know when they would be smart to hold off if they can until crowds can come back for that one. Because that's, uh, yeah, that could be match of the year. Um, oh, absolutely. But going back to this match, it was back and forth for a while towards the end of the match. Kenny tries for the one-wing angel, but Seidel hits a poison rana. Uh, Seidel then goes up top, but Kenny shakes the ropes and crotches him pretty much. <laughs> Kenny then tries for one-wing angel again, but he gets countered into a tricky pin. Very, very, very co close three count. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's about as close as you can get. That was about I know. two and nine tenths. I 
I thought it was over right then and there. I was excited, and then I realized, nope, that was a two. Kenny gets up, hits a V-trigger, then the one-wing angel, which nobody kicks out of except Okada that one time, for the one, two, three. Yep. It was a, like I said, it was a solid match. Um, kind of sad that it was on first, but it was a great way to kick off the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I I was trying to think last night what was going to be the opener. I thought maybe the uh, trios match with the Bucks and Cutler versus uh, the Lucha Bros. But um, no, it was this match. This match, it honestly might have been uh, probably second best match of the night, in my opinion. It was, it, yeah. it was a lot better than I, I anticipated. So backstage, we didn't see Alex Marvez talking with John Silver, surrounded by the Dark Order, and asked him how how ready he is for tonight's match uh, against Darby Allen. Silver's all pumped up, says he's ready to go, and boots Marvez from the room to continue training. He says, look how I've been training for the coffin drop. And we see the guy's pretty much trust falling. Uh, it starts with uh, who falls first? Oh, Colt. Reynolds. Colt falls. Reynolds, you're right. Reynolds falls first. Silver gets out of the way. And then Uno, I believe, falls next. And Silver gets out of the way. The five, I knew this was coming, falls next. <laughs> the whole group gets out of the way, and he falls on the couch. Um, he says he's ready to go. And uh, then Hainman's in the background. He shows up, asks him how he's feeling. Silver says he's Johnny Hungy and ready to go. <laughs> Paige responds that he knows the other guys will be behind Silver no matter what happens, even if he loses. So, Which I thought that was really weird how they – the delivery of that. So I thought, are we going to get a hangman heel turn? Like I can't really imagine right? so, but it, it kind of made me question it a little bit. Especially uh, with the new shirt that just, you know, was in yeah. the process of being dropped. I'm like, wait a minute. Which they've done that before though. I feel like they yeah. dropped a new MGF Cody shirt like two weeks before MGF turned on them. And then uh, I remember, I'll never forget WWE years ago. They had a shirt for Jericho and AJ Styles before Jericho turned on when they were attacking for like three weeks, they made a shirt. Right. So yeah, well that know. company was quick to make shirts though. You're right. Still are. Um, we then see Hayman in action. He's against uh, Cesar Benoni. Uh, pretty quick match. Really? Yeah. Uh, action spilled out to the floor. Uh, Hayman tried for a splash, got caught in the middle. Benoni tosses page down to the apron uh, to get back in the ring. Benoni cracks page, but he gets it right back in the face, throws some more strikes. Uh, Page then goes for a power slam, but doesn't get it. Gets thrown across the ring. Benoni misses a clothesline. Page hits a few clotheslines of his own. Page hits a high collar suplex. Buckshot lariat. One, two, three. Yeah, you know, I um, I stepped out of the room for this match. <laughs> I don't blame. So I didn't get to see a whole lot of it. Um, I figured I'd be able to come back and catch some of it, but I was cutting ice cream cake at the time. That sounds really good. <laughs> it was. It was delicious. Um, but yeah, by the time I got done cutting a frozen cake, it was over. And I'm like, oh. And my daughter was like, Daddy, guess who won? And I'm like, uh, Hangman Adam Page. She's like, yeah, how'd you know? I said, uh, there was no way he was losing that one. Nope, nope. Uh, I mean, Caesar's doing well on Dark. I think he's got a winning record. I think his overall record is now like six and five. But if, if you're not familiar with Dark um, or watching him on Dark, then you probably haven't seen too much of him. But he's usually in a in a little stable with a pretty Peter Avalon. So Yeah. Uh, we then see Lance Archer. He's in a random warehouse, and he's uh, talking about Sting. He says, without Sting, there would be would have been no Lance Archer. Uh, he's then, he has a baseball bat, a black baseball bat in his hand. He says, everybody paid close attention to Sting back in the day. Says now people are going to pay close attention to him, or the walls are going to come crashing around them. Uh, people will remember his name, and sooner or later it will be showtime. Yeah, um, I'm kind of shocked that this went the direction it did. Um, I figured we'd get some interaction between Sting and Archer, but I thought Archer was going to come for Darby before he came for Sting. Yeah, I got a comment I'll make later on when we're covering something else. I still think there's a different direction they're going to go with this that interacts both Sting and Lance together in a storyline. Okay. I think. I think. I got an idea. I could be way wrong, but it's just well, it's AEW. It's hard to yeah, keep up. I'm usually wrong when it comes to <laughs> AEW, which is nice. Um, yes. We then see uh, last week we see Thunder Rosa talking with Tony Schiavone about her big victory over Britt Baker and their uh, show-stealing main event in their Lights Out match. Uh, Rosa was thankful for the match and uh, being able to show women wrestlers that uh, they should be put all over the world, put over all over the world. So we then see uh, Tony 
on the stage with Britt Baker and Britt cuts a heck of a promo here. Um, he wants everybody to give a round of applause for one of the best matches they've seen in AEW. Uh, Britt Baker doesn't think the, the applause was loud enough considering how much she gave last week. She says the fans don't even give her enough respect, which you got to remember at the very start of the company when they had her as a green baby face, fans were crapping all over her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can remember reading tweets that, you know, oh, it's only because your boyfriend that you signed with AEW. And I still, a lot of people still say that about her. I don't um, know how you can say that now. I'm not the biggest fan of her. I know um, you're not, yeah. But I have a lot of respect for her after last week's match. She's getting better. I mean, yes. On, I mean, she's always been good on the mic, but she's getting better in, in the ring every time she goes out. So I think it's only a matter of when, not if, when she gets the gets the strap. So, yep. uh, she says Thunder Rosa should be thanking her because everybody will remember her after she was a part of history, which was interesting because Thunder Rosa did put on a heck of a performance and won the match. But I feel like everybody is talking about Britt Baker more than Thunder Rosa. But I think that's partially because she's not technically a member of the AEW roster. I think that and um, Britt came out with a new T-shirt that night or the next day. And she got so much color. Yeah. Yeah. She had so much color that, I mean, everybody's going to, when they think of this match, they're going to think of a great match, but sadly they're going to lead more towards Britt Baker than they are. Thunder sure. Rosa. You're, you're hundred percent correct. Um, Britt brought, brings up the blood that she had, uh, brings up how, um, uh, th- th- uh, Rosa saying that she put the women on the map, but why is everybody talking about her? So kind of like I just mentioned, uh, Brent brings up Mick Foley, giving her a thumbs up on Twitter. She says it took him 20 years to be a hardcore legend. It only took her one night. I thought that was a pretty nice shot. Yeah. Uh, uh, she continues that Tony Khan's looking for every legend he can find, but he has one standing right here under his nose and that she put AEW on the map. And uh, then she says the three initials people needed to remember DMD. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Brit is going to be a legend. She will eventually when AEW forms a hall of fame, she will be one of the first ones in it, in the women's division. Uh, she's still so young. She's still in a sense, green. She's got a bright future ahead of her. She's put on some great matches already in her year and a half career. Um, plus she still works full-time job pulling teeth every single day. So. Yes. <laughs> yep. So. I just hope they can keep her within the company. I think they will. Uh, she was on Renee, Par- 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 <laughs> I always want to call her Renee Young, but Parquette's, uh, podcast, um, John Moxley's wife, yeah, her podcast oral sessions the other day. And, uh, she basically said it is tough with her boyfriend, Adam Cole, um, baby, I always got to say that. I can't leave that out. Uh, being <laughs> exactly. in be, being in WWE, being in, in WWE, being in NXT, and her being AEW, she said she'd love for them to work in the same company someday. But she also said that she doesn't plan on leaving. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I definitely am okay with uh, Adam Cole coming over to AEW. I mean, I think that's where he needs to be, but that's just me. Um, I know a lot of people share that thought process too, but uh, I think he's just got to work through his contract where he's at. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him come over. Yeah, I think eventually, uh, I think it, it might, it has a good chance of happening. I mean, he's best friends with Kenny and the bucks. So, yeah. Um, and a lot of other guys over there and, and he goes to like their parties and stuff. I mean, he's, he's involved and he watches every week, even if he's yeah. back, he's backstage watching on his phone if Brits in the match. So, um, it's cool that he's, you know, of course, still supporting her like like he should, no matter what. But right. I got to think his time in NXT is almost done. He's got to get caught up to the main roster. But quite frankly, I don't think he'll be used as well on the main roster as he is in NXT. But I don't know what else he can do down in NXT besides finishing up this feud with Kyle O'Reilly. So. Um, yeah, you know, I told you I don't keep up with uh, NXT enough uh, when I saw – the video of him attacking Kyle O'Reilly in his dojo. I was like, what the heck's going on here? You know? Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's there left to do? Most people these days, you say NXT, they go Adam Cole. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Balor's down there now. 
Karrion Cross, but he'll be going up soon. That's the thing with NXT. It still is a developmental show, and more times than not, their talent's going to get sent up, not sent down. So, Yeah. Yeah, which always threw me off with Balor coming to NXT. I mean, I think it was to try to compete with AEW, but um, they didn't I, help him. I think it was that, and also they just didn't have a spot for him on the main roster. They booked him poorly, and really it goes back to when he won the Universal title over Rollins at SummerSlam, and he had to have surgery. That kind of put his career back a little bit. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. Adam Cole, if you hear this, don't don't go up to the main roster. Come to AEW. Yeah, become all elite one of these days. So, um, okay, now back back to dynamite. Yeah, that was yeah. A, we went off a tangent a little bit there, so <laughs> I apologize. We see Dash Gonzalez talking with Christian Cage. He's hanging out with the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin. Uh, Cage says they were just talking shop and about the tri- upcoming trios match tonight. Then we see Frankie Kazarian enter. He tells Cage uh, that. Uh, he has time for him, but doesn't uh, say, doesn't know what to say to an old friend. Because uh, Aaron notices Cage's shirt, which is uh, outwork everyone, and says uh, that's been a thing since he's been here. He wonders when the work's actually going to start for Cage. Cage tells him he knows uh, how good Frankie is, and the work starts next week. He says, uh, "Oh, I don't have an opponent, by the way." So, um, pretty much, Frankie Frankie steps up. He then jokingly asks Cage if he works Mondays. Um, and then he tells Cage to check out Elevation where he can uh, check out Frankie's match. Yeah, it was uh, a nice little stab back to uh, the other company there with the uh, Do You Work Mondays? Because, you know, he was supposed, everybody thought he was going to be on Raw and then he showed up on Dynamite. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Christian and Frankie go one on one next week. Um, sadly, I haven't seen it yet. They had a heck of a match back in Impact. I want to say 2007. Uh, it was really one of their classic matches. So I think I think they'll tear it down next week. And I, I'm just anxious to see Christian back in the ring. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's been a solid match seven years since he's really done anything. Yep. I mean, he had that appearance in the Rumble and appearance last year on Raw, which he got punted in the head by Randy Orton. That was about it. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, what he can bring and, and and what they got planned for him because I'm still not sure where he's going to fit in the, in the AEW scene. So uh, we then get a uh, six man tag match between the Varsity Blondes of Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. and Dante Martin, one half of um, Top Flight. Darius Martin's still on the shelf with a knee injury against FTR and Sean Spears, the first match for the Pinnacle. Uh, we see the Pinnacle make an entrance together with their new entrance music. Really digging this music. It's Horseman-esque. It's got a yeah. little the same notes. It's pretty similar to what you'll hear on, on Arn, on the podcast Arn with Conrad Thompson. You know, uh, they always play that for the Horseman music, and uh, I, I really dig it. I really dig it. Uh, Ruckus, Ruckus outdid himself in this one. So, Yeah, it's definitely a nice little throwback to old times. We then see uh, we see Sean Spears getting worked over early in the match, really. Um, we see Dex Harwood be able to get tagged in, and, and uh, he puts Pillman down with a clothesline. Harwood then tosses him in the corner, throws a few strikes. Spears tags back in, but Pillman's able to fight them off as Martin gets the blind tag. Martin hits a beautiful moonsault on both opponents. Griff Garrison tags in, drops both guys with a, a really aggressive-looking spear. The pinnacle leaves the ring for a breather, kind of huddles up. Um, all three wrestlers were looking to go over the top ropes, but Wardlow gets in their way. So then they decide not to. Uh, action keeps going back and forth. The pinnacle gets control of the match back in the ring. Uh, Martin gets rid of Spears, but Hardwood drops Martin with a brain buster. Spears tags in, hits a pop-up C4. And that'll do it. One, two, three. Yeah, it was a back and forth match. I really enjoyed this. Um, definitely showed the teamwork that the pinnacle already has. Um, so, I mean, that shows a bright future for the pinnacle. Um, you know, again, I was kind of shocked at first to see Sean get worked over the way he did, but to be able to come back and pull off the victory, I was proud. I've seen a lot of people's only gripe about this group is Spears Mohawk. (laughs) I wouldn't say so much the Mohawk. Uh, it's the fact that he's blonde. Yeah. He's got to go dark if he's going to have the Mohawk because, 
the blonde just looks weird. It does. It does. I'm right there with you a little bit, but uh, especially with the with how they're trying to portray the group, you know, with the fancy clothes, the suits, and everything. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I I don't know, but I'm I'm digging the group so far. I, I texted you last night. I'm like, this group is fun to hate, and you're like, do we have to hate them? I'm like, right. no, no, we don't have to hate them. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying them. I know we're only a week in yeah. to the pinnacle, but so far I've enjoyed what I've seen. Uh, post-match, we see Shivani heading to the arena to talk with the group. Uh, Wardlow then hits a I'm – gu- I'm guessing they're going to call it a knee strike on Brian Pillman Jr. Pretty much puts him in a choke slam position from the top rope, picks him up, and then drives the knee right into his face. So I'll call it a knee strike. Um, then he sends him out, out of the ring with uh, Martin and, and Griff Garrison. And the crowd starts saying, you suck. A big, you, you suck as Tony's introducing the group. Um, we then see Cash Wheeler grab the mic, which you don't see him do a ton of. Um, he says they aren't just a group, they're family. Hardwood, the, Hardwood then brings up how Satan and Ortiz say they have done well for themselves, but they don't, uh, but that doesn't fool FTR. He then says Inner Circle uh, does too much comedy. And this is professional wrestling. MGF makes a fat joke about Chris Jericho breaking a ta- breaking a chair, I believe, when he sits on it. He then tells them to come out and fight right now. MGF says they are terrified and won't be out. Tony Schiavone tries to stick up for the inner circle, saying that MGF knows full well that they are hurt and aren't coming out. Warlow then puts his hand on Tony's shoulder. MGF asks him if he has something to say. Tony then backs down, stays quiet. MGF then says next week he has a gift to give to the rest of the pinnacle because when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. Yeah. Uh, great promo. Um, I did like the multiple stabs at Jericho with, you know, uh, breaking down the walls and yes, reference to his old gimmicks. Um, I MJF has studied very well. Of course, he grew up watching Jericho, so he has a lot on Jericho as is. Um, I'm interested to see the inner circle pinnacle come full circle. Yeah. I'm glad they kept the inner circle off TV for the second straight week. I think that's very smart. Um, Be interested to see if they, I wouldn't mind them keeping them off TV next week too. One more week and then have them come back. But, but we'll see uh, what, what do you think? Any idea what MGF's got to give the pinnacle as their gift? Uh, I'm guessing it's group something. You know, like the jackets that they got for Inner Circle. It'll be something like that, I've got a feeling. Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably a good guess. I, I have no idea. So I, was, I, I, that's, I mean, uh, that's, I that's my best guess there. Or uh, maybe that's how we get the um, six-man tag belts. Mm. Maybe MJF introduces them to the pinnacle. That's an interesting thought. Interesting, because he did he did say they want all the gold, which I saw somebody make a graphic on Twitter. I thought was pretty cool. It's the group of the the pinnacle standing outside their jet, and it has each member besides Tolly, of course, with gold. So you got FTR with the tag belts, you had Spears with the TNT title, you had MGF with the world title, and Wardlow with the FTW title. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Which I would love if they turned the FTW title into a big man's title. Yes. Like 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 anybody over like 250 pounds or something. Right. Yeah. I think I think that'd yeah. be fantastic. So. Yeah, it would. Um and I got to say, you know, cuz if you think about it, FTR and Sean Spears, they're the only ones who don't have anything. Right now Wardlow's not really been in ring and MJF's got the uh Dynamite Diamond. Yep. So if they were to introduce the six-man tag belts, it'd be perfect for them. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think I think we're going to see those eventually. I don't know when, but if it's next week, that could be a heck of a surprise. Yeah. So we'll see. We then see Taz backstage with Team Taz. He said there's been a lot of conspiracy theories out there that there's something wrong with the group. Taz says things are fine. And that Cage apologizes to the group for what he said last week with Sting. Uh, Taz asks Powerhouse Hobbs if he's good, and he says he's good. He asks Hooks if he's good, he says he's good. Asks uh, Ricky Starks how he's feeling, he says perfect. Then he asks uh, Cage, and Cage kind of paused, and then he did about the laziest who better yeah. that he's ever done. So yeah. then, then I liked his tweet last night. Uh, Brian Cage had a tweet that had Brian Cage kind of side-eyeing the group. 
And uh, so I think we're, I think a, a cage face turn is coming soon. Yeah. Um, during the whole promo while Taz was talking, you know, cage just in a sense was mocking him mm-hmm. and just kind of look at him like, yeah, okay, whatever. Sure. Uh-huh. So I think it's coming sooner rather than later. This earlier, I kind of teased it when we were talking about Archer. We saw Cage step up and respect Steen last week. Archer's been putting Steen down. Could we get some sort of Lance Archer versus Brian Cage with Steen incorporated in it somehow? I think we could. Um, I don't know how I feel about Sting being incorporated because that would mean that Cage is kind of joined Team Sting per se. Yeah. Um, which then it's just going to reignite that feud between Darby and Team Taz. Yeah, unless Sting and Cage would go off in their own direction or something and Darby kind of is on his own. But yeah, I think Sting's with Darby for a little longer. Um, but I, I want to see Cage and Archer, but at the same time, I think their styles are almost too similar. And one of them is going to try a moonsault or something on the other one. Um, and, but my bigger concern for those two is I don't know who they have win that match because I don't want either guy taking a loss because I feel like AEW did great with both of them at the beginning, how they booked them. Then they kind of did bad with both. Now they're doing good with both. So it's like, ah. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I don't know. Um, I think I think the only way you could do it if those two were to face off is it ends in a draw, you know, a time limit draw or something. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, of course, if Cage breaks away from Team Taz, then he can start feuding with Tim Team Taz, and Team Taz can try to get the FTW title back, which you, which you made note that he did defend this week on Dark against Brandon Cutler. It was the first time he's defended the title. Yeah, that I'm aware of. I mean, uh, I may be wrong, but. Um, and all the time he's held it, I've never really seen him defend it unless it was a guaranteed match. I think he did once on Dynamite, uh, but that was like right after he got the belt, and then it just kind of became a backdrop. Yep. Yep. I, I would, like I said a few minutes ago, I'd really like them to turn that belt into a big guy's belt. So we then see Tony Schiavone talking with QT Marshall on stage. QT says he's frustrated and, and that he's known as Cody's friend. QT says Cody talks about doing the work and there's nobody in AEW outside from Tony Khan who has worked as much as him. QT says he uh, is given a match here and there, but talks mostly about all the other work that fans don't see behind the scenes when he's up all night or getting Cody his coffee. Cody gets to go back to a nice hotel while QT's wife sleeps alone and she's showing there in the crowd, which, which is nice. I mean, if you've watched his documentary on Amazon prime, you're aware of his wife, which I had to laugh a lot of Twitter's. Oh, how about his segment with the bunny for six months? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, come on people. Like they dropped that. Yeah, he- they went away from it. Um, did, uh, he says next week he wants there to be an exhibition in the ring between himself and Cody. He doesn't want to take any more meaningless bumps. If it means he has to be in Cody's shadow, out comes Cody. Uh, Cody's got the headset on. Cody's in a sling, so he is selling that arm breaker from Pinta last week, which was nice. Which he would have sold a little more last week, but he probably saw those comments and made up for it in this way. Um, Cody says, while his heart is not into this, he will gladly accommodate QT's request for next week's exhibition, and Arn Anderson will serve as the guest referee. Uh, Cody says he has a name and a repetition to uphold. But ultimately, he's not going to hurt QT if he goes for one of his finishers as the figure four. He's not going to apply it as uh, the crossroads. He's not going to hit it. Uh, he's not going to fall through on those because QT has been a great friend and even his best friend in the crowd chance, uh, Cody's friend. Cody says it will be friend to friend and the two shake hands. Yeah. Um, I got a feeling QT is going to attack that shoulder next week like hardcore. Oh, yeah. QT, uh, I think we finally get the full heel version. This isn't going to be pretty for Cody. Yeah, no. This is what's going to be putting Cody on the shelf, I've got a feeling. And I, I will say, QT is very underrated, not only in the ring, but on the mic. He, he's he got yeah. a lot better. Yes, he has. Uh, that was one of the things I uh, commented on last night was his improvement on the mic. So uh, I'm just interested to see where this goes. The exhibition match is kind of weird um, to make the, the stipulation like that. So uh, I guess the win or loss doesn't count in the exhibition match. 
Right. And I think that's why they want to do it since it's just supposed to be between those two, just friends kind of hashing out a little problem they had. Uh, but I've got a feeling Cody will pull off the victory somehow and it'll set QT off and he'll attack him post-match and put him on the shelf. That definitely could be. We will have to wait and see. Uh, then we get a really exciting six-man tag match between the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid, who is filling in for injured pack. Pack's on the shelf for a couple weeks. Laredo Kid, this was his first match in Dynamite, and I think since about Fighter Fest or somewhere around there. It's been two years. Um, they're, they're facing off against the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler, which is good to see Cutler get some more time on Dynamite. He's definitely deserved it with all the hard work he's put in. Uh, exciting match. Uh, we see uh, Matt Jackson's family in the crowd before the match, which is a nice little touch. Uh, towards the end of the match, we see Matt and Nick uh, with a, bu- a buckle bomb and the Insigari Insig- combination. Uh, then they hit Ricky Business on um, on Laredo Kid. Uh, Cutler tags in with a springboard elbow drop. He always hits that move really nicely. For a two count, Penta breaks it up. Uh, then uh, Cutler's thrown out of the ring, and he eats a kick from uh, – or Penta's thrown out of the ring and eats a kick from Nick. Uh, Phoenix is uh, flipping all over the place like he always does, but he ends up getting hit with an assisted indie, indie taker. Uh, Nick hits a step-up flip-out onto the floor on Penta. Matt nails a huge DDT on the, on the apron to Phoenix, but then the radio kid then nails a beautiful Spanish fly over the top row on, on Cutler for the kind of surprising 1-2-3 victory. Yeah. Um, I mean, it had to go that way, in my opinion. Because this isn't going to hurt Laredo Kid or Brandon Cutler, and this still makes the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks look strong. I agree. I think the Lucha Bros needed a win. They've been taking some L's lately, especially Pinta. Um, so I like this. I had no problem with it. So. Yeah. But that DDT onto the edge of the ring, man, that, that looked like it hurt. Hardest part of the ring. Yes, it is. Then post-match, we see Kenny Omega come out, and he jumps in. He starts beating up Laredo Kid with a microphone. He then hits him a few times with a title. Omega gets on the mic, says he's getting flashbacks to 2019 Fighter Fest when they all had a choice. Um, Omega says three years ago they had a choice. Uh, he could have stayed at home with people that loved him, but he didn't. He could have went to Greener Pastures in New York, a.k.a. WWE, but he didn't. Omega says he didn't pick AEW. He chose the Young Bucks. They were here to make this the best wrestling promotion on the planet. Omega says he picks them, and they picked Brandon Cutler, which Cutler was not pleased with that comment. They never pick Kenny. Uh, Kenny says he knows Callis can be a bit much sometimes, but Omega will give them one more chance and offers up the two-sweet hand gesture. The Matt and Nick think about it and then decide to walk off, leaving Kenny in the ring. Omega tells uh, Cutler to go be their cameraman, which was pretty funny, and they are done. Omega then turns around and eats a double super kick from Pinta and Phoenix. I mean, this was a hard super kick. Actually, busts his lip open. Uh, they hit the double sp- stomp and a pile driver on the champ, and they leave with Laredo Kid. Omega's bleeding from the mouth. Then the Good Brothers finally come out to the ring to help him as Omega gives a, a woozy thumbs up. And Callus, of course, was hiding behind uh, the announcers when all this was going on. Yeah, when the Bucks first walked out, you know, Callus walks over there and tries to wave them back in. Come on, guys. Kenny's being attacked. Come in here. And they just, they had no part of it. And the Good Brothers late to the party as usual. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes up Monday if uh, if they failed to make it a full week or not. Or just Gallows. Because yeah. Anderson, that's the that's the part, the stipulation he put out there. But uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. But as of right now, the lead is... No more. Well, I think it'd be more the club this way. Yeah, yeah. good point. Good point. And the too sweet that they shrugged off. So We did see a promo from Jade Cargill where she calls out Red Velvet, which we mentioned at the top of the show is the newest member, the newest all elite member um, for asking for a rematch after Jade already beat her, beat her up. Jade says they're both undefeated in singles action. There can only be one winner. Uh, she continues that she has money, and if Red Velvet steps in the ring, uh, she is stepping to uh, her, basically. So uh, just a quick little promo to keep the story going. Yeah, uh, when those two face off again, it'll be interesting to see if they allow Red Velvet the win to keep the feud going or if they just continue to make Jade look strong. I think you got to keep giving wins to Jade. I so. agree. 
Then we see last week, we see Eddie Kingston get his uh, ankle crushed by the Good Brothers and Omega wrapped a chair around it and stomped down. And then they were going to crush Moxley's neck, but uh, the Young Bucks came in with a save. So then backstage, we see Kingston has his foot all wrapped up in, in a cast and says it's a broken something, but he'll come back. Uh, Kingston tells Omega and the Good Brothers that they're going to pay for this. He wonders how far they're going to take this. Moxley then continues and wonders if those guys will really want to go as far as they say they want to take it. Uh, Moxley says he doesn't know the Young Bucks, doesn't really like them, but guesses he owes them one after last week. Are we going to get Moxley and the Bucks versus Kenny and the Good Brothers? Yep, it's just a matter of time. I mean, uh, Eddie's on the shelf right now. Uh, Whether it be storyline or legit, he is uh, on the shelf. So Moxley's not going to wait for him to get healed to get his revenge. So he'll he'll partner with the Bucks and take them on. Yeah, I'm thinking that's a dynamite main event sometime before double or nothing. I mean, I know you said it could be the big match of double or nothing or one of the big matches, but I just can't see them doing a AEW pay-per-view without the AEW world title on the line. Yeah. Um, and by that it, time, he could be the AEW champion and the Impact champion and the AAA champion. Yeah, yeah, he he'll be uh, could be walking in with three belts, he'll, mm-hmm. at least two. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. I still think maybe they hold off till fans for this match, but I still think we get blood and guts between the Pinnacle and Inner Circle. But they could hold off till like all out and do that and do some other matches between the teams here and there, like. Um, you could do a proud and powerful versus FTR, Sammy versus Spears, Warlow against um, Hager again, Jericho against MJF. You can do those in the meantime, I guess. Yeah, and build build up for that culmination. Um, yeah, I want to. I still want to see an MJF Sammy match. I mean, yep, yeah, that's in there too. I think, yeah, we never got it, and I'm ready for it. We then, it's 9.30, so back in the normal 9.30 slot as a women's match, we have Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero against Tay Conte. And this match, I got to be honest, Paul, this match surprised me, the result of the of it did. Uh, yeah. we, see the, we see the Dark Order come out on the stage to show the support uh, for Tay Conte since she's Anna Jay's buddy. Uh, we then uh, head, head back in the ring, and uh, Rosa immediately drops Conte. Rosa continues to work over her over, snaps her fingers, and then chokes her down in the corner. Uh, Rosa has uh, goes for a two count, then hits a big lariat. Uh, Rosa drapes Conte over the top rope, climbs to the top rope, hits a big knee to the back of Conte's head for two counts. Conte's barely able to kick out of that, though. Uh, Nyla Rose then hits a running senton. Uh, Conte has it, puts her knees up, though. She then hits some shots in the corner, hits some big running knees of her own. Uh, Conte looks for a finisher, but she doesn't get it. She gets uh, Nyla draped over onto the second rope. Uh, Take Conte. Goes out to the apron, goes up to the second rope, hits a flying knee to the head for a two count. Conte then hits a high kick to the back of Nyla Rose's head, uh, jumps over Rose for a pump kick, but Rose drops her with the lariat for a two count. Rose then looks for the beast bomb, but uh, Ty, Ro- Ty Conte rolls, rolls through that, hits her with a bunch of kicks, but then eats a knee left. But Conte hits another kick, running knees to the face in the corner, then hits a big DDT. As they call it, and yeah, and that and Jr. I don't know if he thought Tony messed up or because he goes and he calls it a DDT and Excalibur. Tony's like, yeah, that's what it's called, and uh, she hits that for the one, two, three, and the surprising victory, in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, I know they claimed this to be a rematch, but I did not see Tay winning this one. I wanted nope. her to, but uh, I just did not see her overcoming Nyla. She is the number one contender right now in the rankings for uh, Sheeta's belt. In post-match, we see Vicky Guerrero grab Tay's foot, and Nyla Rose uh, and, and Vicky kind of beat her up a little bit. Uh, Nyla's looking for the beast bomb, but Sheeta runs out and hits Nyla with a kendo stick. Uh, then the bunny runs out and nails both Sheeta and Conte with the kendo stick. Matt Hardy, the blade, and the butcher walk out of stage and are just kind of observing things. Hardy then takes the microphone, says the women's tournament title tournament was terrible because the bunny wasn't even in it. Hardy says his clients have been overlooked far too long, and that ends now. I will say this. Maybe not for the bunny, but I am hopeful for Butcher and Blade because we've talked numerous episodes in the past where they just 
they struggle to find somewhere that, where they fit in that they can just keep them. It's every time they try something with them, it all falls apart. And I really think uh, with the new transformation of the Matt Hardy family office. Oh, I hate that name. Yeah. I'm, I'm not digging the name, but um, I think having them in there, I'm kind of becoming okay with it now. I, I wish it was called the Matt Hardy empire or something like they yeah. I think originally we got to call it the Matt Hardy family office just doesn't really have a good ring to it. No. Even if you shorten it down to Hardy family office it just it sounds terrible. We then have a hype package for Orange Casting Chuck Taylor versus Miro and Kip Sabian next week it's going to be their arcade anarchy match. Um yeah, I think <laughs> this is finally going to end next week and my prediction is we see Chuck and Orange Cassie get the win, and Sabian costs his team the win somehow, and Miro goes off and destroys him after the match. Yeah, um, I was leaning towards Miro and Kip for this until the hype package when mm-hmm. Miro said he's looking forward to seeing Kip destroy both of them. Yep. Because he wanted it, he's got to do it. And I thought it was interesting, Penelope just stood there and didn't say anything, even after Miro kind of, you know, said things about her last week and, and accidentally hit her off the apron a, a couple weeks ago at a Revolution, so. Yeah, I think I think somehow Penelope will get involved, and like she normally does for Kip's matches, and that'll cause Miro and Kip to butt heads a little bit more, and then that'll turn into the full-fledged... Um, match between those two yeah definitely good it's gonna be interesting to watch i'm just hoping this is the last installment of this feud well yeah i'm i'm ready for just miro and kip now one-on-one then we get the lineup the card for next week uh, christian cage making his aw debut against frankie kazarian it's gonna be a heck of a match cody rose against qt marshall with arn anderson as the special guest referee that's the exhibition match Orange casting Chuck Taylor versus Miro and Kip Sabian in the arcade anarchy match. So pretty much I think around the ring is going to be old arcade cabinets. Um, Akira Shida and Tecate versus the Bunny and Nyla Rose. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. Um, yeah, that's the card so far for next week. <laughs> so. Yeah. We then get a one quick segment with Scorpio Sky saying he's uh, getting screwed over and over in AEW. He said he's tired of being called underrated. He's the face of the revolution on Monday's dark elevation is till uh, be it's going to be Sky versus Mike Seidel. So um, I guess he gets to prove. Um, and he also made a, something that he hasn't changed. This has always been him. He's just now right. showing it. So. Yeah, and it was interesting, um, the jacket hanging in the background. I know it's something of his, but it just seemed out of place and like it was just hung there and nobody really knew what to do with it. I'll have to go check that out. I missed that. I guess I didn't pay close enough attention. (laughs) Yeah, it's hanging in the background. Uh, It looks like it's in uh, the tunnel behind him, but it honestly almost looks like somebody's standing there with their back to him. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. It's the little details I catch. <laughs> and the little details are important when we're talking AEW because they usually uh, aren't there by accident. Right. Then we get the main event for the TNT Championship. Darby Allen, the champion, uh, defending against John Silver of the Dark Order, which he is joined by the Dark Order at ringside. Very good match here. A lot of back-and-forth action. Hard-hitting match. A match that we see John Silver separate his shoulder, dislocated, I don't know the proper term, in a spot where he was thrown or chasing Darby into the guardrail. Darby moves. He flipped over it. And right when he hit, in Reynolds, how he went over, I said, I think he's seriously hurt. But but he continued to go through with the match. But once in a while, if you saw the camera, would kind of catch him behind Darby or something. He was trying to do this. He was trying to pop his shoulder back in, it looked like. Yeah. Um, and then he was, you know, he usually throws those forearms with his right arm. He threw a couple, but you could tell he's in pain. So then he started throwing with his left. But I was also thinking maybe it's just a work, you know, he's selling the injury. But, no, it ended up, they announced after the match, he really did hurt his shoulder. And he even has a big goose egg on the back of his head from when he hit the concrete. Yeah, that, that guardrail spot um, did not go according to plan. And, like I said, I knew the moment 
that Reynolds jumped over there that quick that something wasn't right. Um, I don't think he was supposed to tumble the way he did. This match is back and forth. Um, I should note. I should note that Sting came out during the match when he thought the Dark or or yeah, the Dark Order was getting involved, which they were just standing there. They really weren't doing anything. But Sting came out with his bat just to kind of show them, like, hey, you're not going to get involved. Because if you think about Sting's history, he's had a lot of bad luck with other groups getting involved, whether it was the Horsemen or the MWO, which was most famously his feud, or the Main Event Mafia when he was with TNA. So, yeah. Yeah, so even though I don't think, if anything, I think Dark Order would have picked Darby up and put him back into the ring. But I, I don't see them really, especially his faces, attacking him. Yeah. Um, this match went back and forth. Uh, there was a lot of shots in the middle of the ring towards the end. Uh, Darby hit a slingshot coffin drop, or went for a slingshot coffin drop, but he eats a pump kick that sends him into the corner. Uh, Darby's put on top rope. Silver looks for a suplex. Darby... Uh, lifts and drops him. Uh, Darby goes up and nails a coffin drop outside the ring on the Dark Order. Uh, Darby then goes back up to the top and takes a kick to the head. Silver climbs up and nails a leaping F5, which I thought, oh my gosh, Silver might win this thing, but he was slow to make the cover, doesn't get the three count. Darby gets his foot on the on the rope. That's what he does. That's why he didn't get the three count. Um, then Silver goes for the power bomb, but Dar- Darby flips it over into the code red for the one, two, three. Just glad it wasn't a roll-up. I thought that's the direction they were going for a second. Uh, we didn't get a roll-up this week, did we? Thank God. I know. Um, maybe Tony watches KOP. <laughs> <laughs> no, no roll-up and no Tony Schiavone interview with Sting. No, but we still got it's Sting. Uh, that's gonna be every week for forever till he's done. But <laughs> did did you kind of get the feeling that Sting was gonna hit Darby with the bat after the match? It looked like it there for a second. Um, I was confused as to what was going on because he went after Darby. He looked like he was gonna hit Silver. I'm like, what's going on here with Sting? Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Though I just don't see Sting ever being a heel in AEW, and, and and really the actual person Steve Borden. I don't think he would want to do that. At this no, point. no, I think um, his WCW days were the best time to get him as a heel as when he came back as the Crow version of Sting, that is. And then post-match, we saw Sting walk into the ring as you were kind of uh, acknowledging. He lifts up John Silver. Uh, Darby offers a fist bump and Silver gives it back to him. Then we see Matt Hardy pull Darby out of the ring and an all-out brawl breaks out with uh, Matt Hardy family office of Butcher and the Blade come out and Private Party and the Bunny. Dark Order come out and get involved. We see a Tecanti run out and attack the Bunny. We see Darby hit a heck of a suicide dive or tope suicida, I guess you should say, on Matt Hardy. Um, yeah, the fighting just keeps going until the show comes to a close. Yeah, and I got to say, I wonder if something happened when Darby did that because he hit that walked around the ring, grabbed Sting, and walked out. And that's not like Darby to walk away from a fight. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good catch. And, uh, you know, back to the the shoulder injury with Silver even after, I mean, you could see it on his face that that wasn't how that was supposed to go. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see silver be out for too long I mean, just as this momentum's getting going for him and the dark order yeah take him out with um anna jay i mean geez they're starting to lose their heavy hitters yeah although he did even with injured arm hit the queen slayer and oh he anna. yeah he kept uh i mean he fought through it and that's why darby gave him major props after the show on the mic and said he's uh willing to do it again whenever he wants so but i, I i'm kind of digging matt hardy getting involved for the tnt title Okay. Because he's not, he's not going to win. I don't think he's going to win it, but no. I'm, all, I'm all for him working with Darby a little bit and giving Darby a – and he can tell Darby to slow down a little bit. Because mm-hmm. if there's one veteran that knows about going too fast and hurting himself, it's Matt Hardy. Yep. Yeah, because so. yeah, Sting's always been kind of just a slow mover even mm-hmm. when he was back with his bright colors. Yep. Yep. So overall grade for Dynamite last night, Paul. Um, an A minus, um, lots of good segments. Um, don't get me wrong. Just, there were a few spots where I was like, what are they doing here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to go a minus as well. I was thinking B plus, but I think I'm going to bump it up a little bit. I thought it was, uh, um, better than some of the 
Dynamite's last few weeks have been. Um, I thought it was pretty smooth, but there was a couple spots. I mean, um, the women's match was short. I wish it was a little longer, but I like the result of that. Um, of course, you had a squash match in there with Hangman. I understand why those are needed, but I'm not not huge on them. Um, no. But really, besides the Take Conte match, I thought all the rest, the results were pretty predictable. Yeah. Well, well, not so much. I guess I didn't really see the Bucks losing. So, mm, I, Bucks didn't lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brandon yeah, Cutler, Cutler lost. No. So, uh, wrestler of the week, uh, John Silver fighting through the injury. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go Laredo Kid. Okay, I can get behind that. Coming Picking back to Dynamite victory. after two years and getting a victory for his team, uh, filling in for Pack. So. Yeah, um, yeah. I could have went with Darby Allen, but I've I've yeah. gave to Darby already before, which that's not going to stop me from doing it again in the future. But uh, right, could have went with the Pinnacle, I suppose. Could have went with the team. Oh yeah, for getting yeah. Their first victory. So, but I'm sure there's a lot of weeks I'll go with the Pinnacle going forward. So, <laughs> yeah, they're still new. They'll they'll get their uh, wrestlers of the week coming yep. up soon enough. Yep, faction of the week. We'll have to make it for that week. So, yeah, but yeah. really looking forward to Dynamite next week. Looks like it's gonna be a great show. It's gonna be a tape show, of course, but uh, should be good nonetheless. An interesting note, another note, image. Um, Thunder Rosa was there at Dynamite last night. I saw on her Instagram yeah. she was backstage, so maybe she'll be on next week's Dynamite. Maybe they have uh, Britain a match that they didn't announce, and then she'll attack her. I mean, I think that feud's done. I did but, too. It needs to be done for now. They can yeah. revisit it later on, but yeah, she'll uh, she'll come out somehow or some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brick could get involved in the in the women's tag match next week. I suppose get yeah. herself involved in the title picture because I don't see them having even though Tay Conte's number one contender, and I think they'll have that match before Double or Nothing. I don't see her taking off the belt yet on off Sheeta. I'd be very surprised. No, if they uh, didn't have Anna J do it, I don't see him having Tay Conte do it. Yeah, see, that's kind of the problem. I think, um, I think the next person to actually take it off of her will be Britt Baker. I think it should be. So, and I'm interested to see when Statlander's going to return. Um, she will be on Sammy's vlog next Tuesday. It's supposed to be her and Cutler trying to take uh, the uh, being the elite title or the Sammy Guevara vlog title, as he calls it, from Sammy, who took it back from his girlfriend in the Florida's uh, lava game. <laughs> which was Sammy comes up with some interesting games, I'm telling you. He does. He does. So he about hurt himself in that Florida's lava game. <laughs> oh, I don't know if well, you've seen it or not. I have not yet. I won't spoil it for you, but there was a <laughs> okay. spot he about hurt himself. I'm thinking, dude, don't hurt yourself playing this game. Like, <laughs> Tony will kill you. Yes, he will. But um, yeah, looking looking forward to get the inner circle back on TV. But I don't mind if it's another week without them. Yeah, and uh, I gotta say, I'm interested in the arcade anarchy match. Yeah, I am too. I want to see um, some arcade cabinets get smashed. I, I might cry when a few of those get smashed. Sure, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a big gamer, so you never want to see video games get destroyed. You know, I'd love to see him smash an old WWF arcade one, but they can't do that. They can't. They can't risk having their logo on television. Uh, they could they could blur it out so that we know it what it is, but they could. But I I think that's even a little petty for them to even even stoop down to. So, um, eh, you never know. It's I don't know. it's it's AEW. Well, and it matters which one they smash. If they smash some <laughs> of those ones from the late eighties, early nineties, there's gonna be a lot of ticked off people. If they're gonna if they can do that and, and smash one, it needs to be one from like the mid nineties. Yeah, or even you know go buy half a dozen of these. $200 ones that they've got at Walmart and use those instead. Or maybe they can make a 2K20 that was just crap, somehow mod that into the arcade and smash <laughs> that because that game's awful. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I I can attest to that personally. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, please uh, follow us on uh, Twitter and, and Instagram at kicking out pod, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels, which if you're listening to this, you can find the video versions on there. You can also find the video versions of this podcast on our Facebook page. So go give us a, a like on there as well. Uh, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you're listening to this, whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to this. If it's Apple podcast, please give us a rating and review. 
We really appreciate that. And uh, you can follow Paul and I on Twitter. My handle's at TannerLee92. Paul's is at PaulZartman921. And the same thing on Instagram. So, um, yeah, please uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, tell your family about us. Tell other wrestling fans about us. We are an AEW fan podcast for the fans. We enjoy bringing you this content every Thursday night. So uh, anything else to add, Paul? If not, go ahead and sign us off. Um, that's going to do it for me. For Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Sartman. Join us again next week as we kick out another podcast.